All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode of this freaking show. It's a weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. I am your host, Travis D., and alongside me this wonderful evening, Awkward Colin and Geekcast Joe. And it is literally freezing in fucking Illinois. <laughs> it is definitely cold outside. There is. There's so much fucking snow on the fucking ground. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. It's kind of like a, I don't know, like, I guess like an old, like, college buddy. Even though I didn't go to college, I'm assuming this was like, like an old roommate. That, like, you, it's not that you hate him, but like, he left his socks everywhere. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> right. But it's wintertime. You know, it's bound to happen. Uh, Christmas is in two weeks, so I mean that's pretty cool. That's just it's next week, isn't? It? No, it's two weeks. I guess what that's Christmas is on Sunday, right? <clears throat> yes, it is. Technically two weeks, week and a half, give or take two weeks. I don't fucking know. More than two weeks. About two weeks. We're gonna go two weeks. Two and a half. Say two weeks. We'll say two weeks because this is technically be recorded on a Monday. Yep. Yeah. Not on a Tuesday? Definitely not a Tuesday, because that means we recorded a week before we're supposed to. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, of course, we are back with another episode of this freaking show. And, of course, this is part two of our uh, interview with Infinite Monkeys Games. Um, I'm going to tell you guys right now, if you did not catch part one, if you did not listen to last week's episode yet... Go back and listen to that one first, and then come back and listen to this one. Because a lot of the questions that uh, we ask on this on this uh, this half of the show, and a lot of the answers we get are going to be related to what was already discussed in uh, the first half of the episode. So I strongly encourage you to listen to the first one first. That's literally why it's called first. You know, <laughs> so. Um, but I guess I mean, in my opinion, like I had a lot of fun talking to these guys. You know, a lot of you know, a lot of fun. So, um, I'm sure you guys. Did. Yeah, it was a. Hey, yeah, there we go. Let's join in. <laughs> Sorry, you fucks. <laughs> I learned. I learned a lot about you guys. I know, right? It's like, see, and, that, and that's the thing, and that's what's the beauty about a friendship or even brotherhood between you and me, and Joseph. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, I mean, like, you always want to keep, you know, things interesting. Always something new and exciting to learn about one another. Yep, I concur. Yeah. So, uh, for those of you who want to learn more about travesty, you're going to learn a lot about me uh, in the next coming hour, or actually hour and a half, because this show went a little bit longer. Uh, I'm sorry, but not sorry, Derek. Uh, you know, shit happens, and I'm not turning this into a three-part episode. So, Word. I know, right? But uh, great episode coming up. Uh, part two of the uh, interview with Infinite Monkeys Games. And, of course, our new weekly segment with Colin and his freaking state of minds. So, uh, guys, just want to jump right into it? Yeah, stay tuned. Perfect. Uh, let's, uh, real quick, we're going to do this we're, we're, you know, really early in the show. Let's go ahead and promote a podcast, and then we'll just jump right into our um, our interview. Hello, everybody. I'm Jason. And I'm Jeff. We're from the History of Bad Ideas podcast. You know what you're listening to right now, Jeff? What are we listening to right now? This freaking show. This freaking show? This freaking show. 
And when you're not listening to this freaking show, take a listen to the History of Bad Ideas. Where we talk about sports, movies, and other pop culture events happening in the world. So take a listen. Uh, We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and any other place that you find uh, great podcasts like this freaking show. This freaking show. But yeah, seriously though, I mean, if y'all have any more questions, we'll be more than happy. I know we, me and Jason, will easily get off track. Oh yeah, and still continue else. But if you have any questions, fire them off. I mean, especially uh, Travis and and Colin, because y'all are relatively, uh, from what Joe said, is unfamiliar with like tabletop role playing games. So I would love to answer questions for somebody who doesn't know. Well, like, because, like, the one, the only time I ever played a game even close to it, I, I, I don't remember the game. I just remember, like, when I was in Boy Scouts, we went on this camping trip, and, like, there was a group, I want to say there was, like, four or five, maybe six people that were playing, like, one game, and I had no idea what the hell they were doing. But, you know, it, the whole point of being in Boy Scouts is, you know, is to come together as a team. So I was like, what are you guys doing? They're talking about the game and everything. Kind of, I don't know if you remember this or not. Um, I- think so i think i think um but like we're, we're hanging out in the tent and we played the game but we played like a very very simplified version of it mm. just so i could like kind of understand it more um and they just had me like create a guy you know and like they i mean they it went into way too much detail even as simplified as it was because they say you gotta create a guy you give him like some kind of characteristics and they give him like levels or point system based on like strength and like Asian or something like that. Um, it's it's just so. It, it was like I think that is what got me to the point where like maybe it just scared me to even try to do these games because I'm the type of guy that doesn't want to look like an idiot doing shit. So like the last thing I want to do is like go up to somebody like um, who's playing this game and like oh what's that and then they look at me like it's an elf. Yeah, like, oh. I think I think in this day and age though. Um, you might find that a vast majority of tabletop role play role players are very excited when somebody says, "Hey, tell me about this thing," um, rather than you know, kind of sc- uh, scoffing or whatnot. Yeah. Well, what's weird is like, and I and I never even told Joe this before, um, but um, when I first met. Uh, GCR, because uh, GCR is, um, I guess he's my, like, step-cousin or whatever you would call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I met, okay. like, Ryan and, like, his dad and everything, and I, I don't know if you guys know that, but me and Joey are step-brothers. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah, his uh, his his dad married my mom and everything, and, like, we went to, like, this uh, family Christmas party, and Joey's family is, like, really big into the, um, the board dog. Uh, the tabletop games. I don't want to call them board games, but tabletop games. And I remember going to uh, Kevin's house, and there's this huge ass table. It's like I I don't know what it was like a forest and like a village. Yeah. Mm. And like I I saw it, and like on yeah. like honestly, like it blew my fucking mind because it looked like it was just like to me it looked like some like somebody's hobby that they just like made this little village, but it was actually for like the game. Like they had these yep. metal figurines and all that sort of stuff, and. I was I was at the point like you know I'm trying to meet all these new people and all these different people and at that time I was like I think like 14 years old so I didn't want to sound stupid by saying anything 
Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go up and like, oh, that's pretty cool. What's uh, what's this horsey for, or you know, anything like that. So, <laughs> so I I saw the board. I thought how cool it was, but I never said anything about it because I didn't want to seem like that idiot in front of like this group of people I just met for the first time. So I'm like, and I guess I kind of regretted ever doing that because it looked like a lot of fun and it looked like something that would you know that would you know probably pique my interest. I mean, I I like you know. You know, using your mind to create stories and everything. Like my my biggest thing in high school was creative writing because you get to use your mind to create these these thoughts, these worlds, these stories, and everything. And that's why I thought like that's how I perceived these games to be. Is you don't have to live in reality for that moment. You put what you want to do, you know, in an alternate world or anything in these games. Is, is that right. right or am I wrong there? No, you're you're dead on. Right okay. You're dead on. Right on yeah. So it's like so it's like, and that's the shit that I want to do. Like I mean, like it's like with this podcast. Like like travesty is he's a I mean, he's a fucking badass, but Travis has fucking bills to pay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like so when when I'm on this show, you know, I can I can you know I don't have to worry about that shit. And that's how I always saw these tabletop games, and I always wanted to get into them. I just never wanted to look like an idiot trying to get into it, so I've always discouraged myself from learning that stuff because I didn't want someone to look at me like, if you don't understand this, you're not going to understand anything. No, this, this, you know, this is this is a, a perfect conversation, um, especially for people who have not ever played role-playing games because, you know, in, most of my experience has been... Um, you know, if you ask a role player, somebody who's serious about role playing, mm-hmm. you know, tell me about this thing that you enjoy. They are all over giving you every little tiny detail about it without without, um, you know, telling you you're stupid for not knowing about it. Because, you know, it, I, I'm sure the paradigm has shifted a little bit in in the last decade or so. But, you know, I started role playing when I was 12. Um and you know I'm not going to get into how many 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 moons ago that was, uh, but you know I was introduced to P.S. Into- what James what he's saying is he's old as hell. <laughs> <laughs> not battle, not but, battle. So yeah. so I need to do I need to start calling you sir? Call. No, no, please. Do yes. Not. <laughs> yes, yes, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it. But, you know, when I when I started out, um, you know, I was fourth grade when I got introduced to Dungeons and Dragons. And my introduction was very similar to the to to your story about uh, the scouts introduction you had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but from that point forward, though, I was very curious and I convinced my parents to buy me a set for Christmas. And I've been hooked on role playing games ever since. But back then you didn't want anybody to know you played role-playing games until you knew they played role-playing games. And then you could talk about things openly between the two of you because, you know, you, if you, if you told anybody that's what you did, you were the nerd. You were the oh, person yeah. to, to shun from society. And well, yeah, like it's, it's, it's kind of like if you go to somebody, like, you like, nonchalantly, like, you smoke? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, you, like yeah. you don't want you don't want to sit out loud, and that's the thing too, and that's the thing that I, that's the one thing I hated is how people will sit there and judge you because you're doing shit like that. Right. It's like like what is the difference between somebody playing um a board game like D and D or somebody playing a video game like Call of Duty? Not a thing. There's there's not there's not a difference. You know, like both have to do with war, both have to do with battle. You're just one is on a game where you're physically moving things, the other one you're sitting on your ass just playing with the controller. 
right. I mean, but, and I, there's nothing against arcade games. Like, I mean, I play the uh, baseball games and stuff. So I mean, nothing against you know using the systems. Right. But there is no difference. But people would actually judge people on that, and that's a fucked up thing to do. Well, that's and a lot of that is comes from the social stigma of you know what's what's the stereotype of the role playing gamer? It's a bunch of you know overweight kids in some some parents' basement. You know, eating pizza and drinking Mountain Dew, you know. And Doritos. And, God, so and Doritos. <laughs> yeah. And you're getting just, high. You're describing me. I'm drinking Monster right now. Well, there you, I mean, yeah, but, <laughs> see, but that's the thing. I mean, but, you know, to, to drive a, a slightly tangential nail home, you know, it, it's like I saw this, this quote once and, and it's never left me. And that is, you know, fantasy football is D&D for those people who made fun of those people who played D&D. Yeah. I mean, it's, That's just, actually it's very true. It's the exact same thing, you know, but, you know, so, you know, what's the difference between playing D&D or playing video game or doing fantasy football? There really isn't, no. you know, there's, there's not. So the, so this, you know, if you go up to somebody and say, Hey, this game looks neat. What is it? They'll be more than happy to share it with you because, you know, somebody has taken an interest in a hobby that generally will get you some sort of judgment or ridicule in mainstream society. But, you know, the the and again, you know, to go back to your previous question, that that's why we wrote the rules the way we did is so that. You know, the, the 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 universe of the game is big. It's intimidating, but how to play within that universe can be very, very, very simple for somebody who's new um, to these kinds of games. You know, so we it's, don't want somebody who's never played like you before. I mean, and we're, I'm going to use you as an example. I would hate it. Would absolutely, in in a way, like break my heart to know that you sat down, you were interested in. An, you know, Stellar Chaos, and you got this book, and you looked at it, and you were like, I can't, I don't want to do this, because there's eight bajillion rules on how to walk up a flight of steps. <laughs> and that's why we have that ability to dial in and have as much realism. We want you to have fun. I mean, that is the main thing. And, you know, for somebody who's never played a role-playing game, like with Tabletop and with their friends, the, the best way to describe it is improv acting with dice. Yeah. And it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, I tend to I tend to do an elevator pitch of, of essentially it's it's cooperative interactive storytelling. Your game master writes yeah. the base plot line and your players are the characters within that plot line. And sometimes the characters don't follow the plot line. So the, the game master has to has to adapt. And okay. then sometimes the 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 characters are thrown you know, a monkey wrench that they weren't prepared for. So the players have to adapt and together you tell this overall story. And that's, that's one of the cool things um, that I have experienced universally, no matter what the game system is, no matter how big the places, the, the player base is or whatnot, you go uh, to a, to a gaming group of role players and start a conversation. The next thing you know, you're going to be in this huge, long drawn out storytelling of, you know, war stories that 
these players went through with different sets of characters and situations and whatnot, laughing and telling all these crazy things that happened to their characters like it was their best friends. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. it's, you know, think of your most, your, your favorite movie and you're explaining, somebody's asked you to explain to them, you know, tell me about, I, I don't know anything about the world that this movie takes place in. I don't know anything about the characters tell me about this thing and make me want to, you know, go watch it. And if it's your most favorite movie in the world, you could talk at length about that movie and what happened in it. It's the same thing with role-playing games and role-playing adventures when they're done well. Um, Now, there are game masters and players out there who are uh, less than adequate in terms of, of... understanding their systems or knowing how to interact yeah, with each other well and that's going to be he's case. talking about me he just doesn't want to say it out loud i am not talking <laughs> <about>. <laughs> not yet anyway not yet no. <laughs> no but i mean so um my spouse likes to tell a story about uh a D group um he was in and that um the GM that they had was not very good, you know, and railroaded them everywhere. You know, oh, we want to go north. Oh, you're, you're, you guys are filled with racking pains. Okay, we try to go south. You're filled with racking pains. Okay, can we go west? You're filled with racking pains. Well, where can we go? You can go east. Right. Thanks. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's an example of a GM who is inflexible, who cannot improv, you know, work improvisationally um, and who is not willing to do a little fly by the seat of their pants for the sake of telling a story. Um, You know, and that makes for a very awkward and, and unenjoyable game. But then you have some that are just absolutely out of this world in their storytelling and their ability to, you know, bend with the players and, you know, oh, the players want to go do this. I didn't plan for that. So let me come up with something off the top of my head and, you know, we'll go explore this a little bit. And then I'll figure out a way of routing them back onto the actual story plot line, you know, and they've had wonderful, wonderful experiences. And when you come out of that, it's like, gosh, I can't wait for the next next gaming session. Um so yeah, if if you ever want to play, I mean, hell, we'll bring you on for a game. Why not? Yep, absolutely. That'll be perfect because it'll be probably the first and last time you ever want to talk to me. <laughs> like, like Travis, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. As soon as I leave, like this guy sucks. Nah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, the first time when I first read through the rules that Jason had completed. And the first thing that I do when I get a new system is make a character because that, for me, teaches me more about the system than just reading the rules chapter by chapter. Mm-hmm. I bugged that man for days with the stupid, most asinine questions I could think of to try to figure out a way to break a character. And that means, you know, to make something completely overpowered. And it took me days, and I still couldn't do it. But... The the raw amount of stupid questions I asked him, I'm sure at one point when he was at work, probably wanted to take his computer and flush it down the toilet, piece by piece. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really, but 
You know, but the, see, it's it's the questions like that, that that get asked that help reveal flaws in the system or problem areas or whatnot. So I take that kind of thing. To which I have found a few. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've found more than a few. And well, that's that's how it gets better. Those are, the, those are the fun ones when you find stuff that'll break the game. And then you use it on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, finding those those little holes in the middle of a game though is <laughs> frustrating. The fun ones. Yeah, yeah. Nah. <laughs> well, I did. Uh, I did come up with uh, a couple more questions as you were talking. Sure. I kind of had. Um, I just want to run through these real quick. Um, okay, so with the uh, with the, t- the tabletop gaming and everything. Uh, how long does a game usually last for? Like from when it starts to when like the game is like officially over. Like does it go for like months? Could it go for years? Could it be indefinite? It depends on your, have, group and your game master completely. But uh, no, go ahead. I, I, I was on one. That, I'm sorry, Jason. No, I was on one. Uh, it was one single game. It was. Uh, it's what a lot of people like. Like would call an epic campaign. Um, and that one lasted five and a half years, I want to say. And that's with us gaming, like sitting down at the table, uh, either every other week or once a month, depending on everybody's schedule. But it was five years before we stopped. Wow. Yeah. I was part of a gaming group, um, and we played a game. It was the, the overall campaign was made up of small little Lots of little uh, quests, uh, but which ultimately had an overarching story to it. Um, but that lasted for about three years, and we were playing um, every weekend for about ten hours a, a weekend. Okay, so so if there is a game like let's say I was to start into a game that's been going on for like months and something like that, how would somebody like me starting out brand new enter a game that's been going on for so long? I mean, is it simple to do something like that? Like, how do you how do you write somebody into a story like that? It's actually not as hard as as a lot of people would think it is. Um, I mean, you, you you would coordinate with your with your game master really, um, so. The game master can can take a look at you know where are we in the storyline right now where are we in the campaign what's happening you know it, it, what happened in the last couple of game sessions that we've had where I can fit an opening to get another character in there in a way that makes mm-hmm. sense not only just makes sense to the story but makes sense to why you as a new player into the game why would your character be where they were. Um, so a lot of times when I've brought people in on games like that that have been going on for a little while, um, you know, maybe the character was some sort of explorer, treasure hunter, or something of that nature, and got themselves caught or stuck in a trap, or you know, you just happen to cross paths at the same time, um, wherein you had a mutual interest or a mutual. Um, nemesis or something of that nature where it made sense to at least in the short term work together and naturally that short term becomes long term work together and then you're part of the part of the party uh so it's it's not 
I mean, if, if you have a, a GM who's willing to think in terms of storyline and uh, how things fit together, it's really not that hard to bring a character in. Um, the hardest part, I think, about bringing in a player like that is getting the player caught up enough on what's been going on to a degree that's relative to their entry point into the game. Uh, they don't have to be caught up completely on the entire storyline. That can come out in additional discussion or additional gameplay or things of that nature, whether it's player to player telling them what's been happening or character to character say, you know, recanting things that they had that, that they had done. Um, you know, it can happen either way, but that's something that can happen later. So what you need is the player to be um, brought up to speed on here's where you are, here's why you were there, you've come across this, this, these, this other group, and this is the body of knowledge your character has as to what their goal is, what they were doing, um, and why they're there, and whether or not they are uh, trying to keep those cards close to their chest, or, you know, and... and some of that comes into account as, you know, how are you going to play your character? Is your character a suspicious character? Is your character somebody who is looking for people to join them or looking for a group that they can join and, you know, get benefit from, whatever? So you have a bit of give and take, but really it's just a matter of the game master saying, okay, here's the knowledge your character has, where they are, and this is the way you fit into the story starting at this point. And then at that point, it's a, it's a group effort. Uh, of getting somebody rolling with the new group. Okay, um, it may, that makes a lot more sense. I, I to me, it seems like it would be like really difficult. Like, uh, you know, we got these guys who've been playing for like five, six months who are at this point to bring someone in brand new would be difficult. But I mean, it actually made it seem a lot easier than what I thought it was going to be. So that's actually pretty cool. Oh, dude, it, it really isn't. It's just not very hard at all. I'll give you a really quick scenario. Um, I had a guy coming in, and this is in a uh, Dungeons & Dragons fantasy setting. And he really wanted to play a dwarf that uh, just, it's, it's called the Hill Dwarf. They live in the hills, stuff like that. They're not, you know, like uh, uh, Tolkien-esque dwarves that are in the mountain. Um, he described his little house to me, which was in the side of a hill. You know, he could see out from the front. And I had the party actually uh, fleeing from... Uh, a fight that they couldn't possibly win because they made some poor decisions mm -hmm. and jumped over his house. And he came out to grumble at them, turned around, seeing the, uh, it was a, a small army, I guess you could say, and gathered them back into the house and basically rescued them, you know. And that's how that I introduced that man into the party. You know, it, it was it's real easy once you... You know, have your friends together, and all these people can get along. You, you can find a way. You know, it's not really hard at all. Okay, okay, but mostly it's, uh, it's I guess, uh, it's at the discretion of the uh, game master. Um, yeah. I, I, I would say partly, but um, the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, you have a group dynamic. Mm -hmm. You know, you have the game master, and quite often in gaming groups it's often referred to as, oh, it's the, it's the GM's game. You know, they're the one who's telling the story and, and they've put their group together and yada, yada, yada. But really, 
it's it's bigger than that. You know, you you've got the players to take into consideration and things of that nature. So usually, if I'm going to if somebody asks if they can join one of the games that I'm running, um, I take it back to the gaming group and say, okay, we've got such and such person who wants to join. This is the kind of character that they want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about adding another person to the group? Nine times out of ten, nobody has any objection to it. Um, and at that point, you know, I can just sit, tell the, the new player, yeah, sure. Um, you, the group's good with you joining and we can run, you know, a game, uh, on such and such a date and you can come in on that one and, uh, you know, and just roll from there. Um, if you're really worried about group politics, then, you know, it's a matter of, uh, okay, we'll, we'll have a, you know, two or three play sessions where it's, it's kind of a trial. You critique our group as to whether or not you think you're, we're a good fit for you. We'll, we'll critique you to see if you're, we think you're a good fit for us and keep playing from there on out. You know, there's, there's no reason why to, to, you know, make it a political thing, which, Unfortunately, a lot of gaming groups uh, that I've been part of or known about over the past years like to get into group politics and things of that nature, but it just takes the fun out of it. But yeah, I mean, there's just no reason why somebody can't join in a way that benefits to everybody, including that player. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's. I would say it's not just the GM. The GM can be the, the starting point, but mm-hmm. taking the group into account uh, and the players and how it's affecting them is is always a smart idea. Okay. And you know, and the other thing is, uh, uh, not all games are you know six month to five year endeavors. True. Um, when we used to play, we would just do um, uh, my uncle Paul and Ryan and uh, uh, and Nico would get together and they would plan a specific weekend and and the game that they would plan would only take up basically six to nine hours on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people who do that kind of gaming as well. I mean, weekend long games is, is, or a single day campaign is not difficult to put together. You just need to make sure you don't put together a complicated storyline. Yeah. Uh, Right. You know, a lot of that tends to be more scenario play than, than big long Mm storyline. And that can, that can be a lot of fun. Okay. How do you uh, how do you guys decide who a game master is? <laughs> <laughs> Usually, that ends up being okay. Um, let's draw straws to see who's going to be the game master. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, um, the thing you find out I- I- in rather quick fashion is that people like to play; they don't necessarily like to run because running is more intimidating and um, the GM, quite frankly, is playing is is keeping track of a lot more than any one player is doing. You know, they they have the entire plot point. They have all non-player characters that need to be controlled. If there's a combat and it's your player group versus five people, five enemies, then the GM's controlling five char- five characters there, whereas each of the players is controlling one. Or in some cases, maybe two. Um, but you know, but it, it, if if you take the time ahead of time uh, to to plan your campaign, you know, plan it out how you want to do it. Um, 
then GMing is not difficult. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, nine times out of ten when a game's starting, somebody volunteers as, hey, I, I want to run a game. Anybody want to join? Um, you know, or if you have an established uh, gaming group already, um, sometimes it's a matter of, okay, I'm tired of running this game. Can I have a couple weeks of, uh, of a break? Who wants to GM a game for a couple of weeks? <laughs> and then it's down to drawing straws or something like that. But Or you have weirdos like me that love to tell a story. So oh. I'm the one that like was like, I'll do it. I'll I'll run it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so okay, uh, you may have answered this then um with what you just That's said, fine. but is there not so is there at some point like let's say a group um doesn't like direction that a game master's taking the game, and can they create a new game master permanently? Uh, again, that comes down to group dynamics, really. Um, is it I like mean, majority vote or is it like a dictator thing? It depends on how the group wants to run it. Um, I have I've been privy to groups that um, evicted their game master, uh, and I, I say it that way on purpose because. Um, the game master was hosting the game at their house, and uh, they were rather dict- dictatorial about how they ran their games. And the the players were not happy with how the game was going. They tried talking to him and getting him to to change some of the ways that he was doing things, and he wouldn't. So they decided without him, okay, we're gonna restart this gaming group. But you know, instead of Joe hosting it, Frank's gonna host it. And we're just not going to invite Joe, and you know. Joe, and, I'm sorry. You got to <laughs> <laughs> You know, and you know, as, as as a result, that GM was ousted and no longer in control. But if you have a really well done, uh, well governed group, then everybody should be open to feedback, criticism, things of that nature. Um, either player to GM, GM to player, or player to player. Um, you know, because in order to have a really good fun game, you want everybody to have fun. And if somebody's not having fun, then you know there needs to be a discussion. There needs to be you know something needs to change in order to make make it fun again. And there really isn't any good reason, generally speaking, why a group can't adjust the way it's doing things. Um, and any good GM that's worth their weight will be like, oh, okay, I was doing this and you guys really don't like that. Okay, I will adjust the way that I do these things um, and, and uh, you know, try to be a little more conscientious of that. Uh, for example, if um, a GM wants to run a very challenging game and therefore they are they're throwing enemies at you that are um, super, super high power, and so the the player group is barely squeaking by surviving every encounter they have. Uh-huh. That's a very valid complaint. You know, I don't want to end up, you know, ending every can- every combat with my character needing to, you know, be laid up for six weeks in a hospital recovering from that <laughs> combat experience. You know, that's not fun. You know, um, there are GMs who have played with the goal of what what's termed a uh, TPK or total party kill. Um, you know, they they play the game as if they are 
adversarial and their goal is to kill every player in the group. And some people like that. You know, I'm not I'm not poo-pooing that style of play. But if somebody tries to run a game in that fashion and the players weren't realizing that's how the game was going to be and they place a complaint about that, the GM should be willing to, you know, to back off some of that and, you know, play, you know, throw encounters at the player group that are less um, fatal. You know, challenging is fine, but... You know, you want the players to be challenged. You want the players to be to feel like there is, you know, some peril there if they don't perform well. But you don't want to set out with the actual goal of I'm going to kill every last one of you in this game because. Hey, maybe you don't set out with that goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But what what the best part about it is. And I'll tell you this from a, like I said, I like to run the games, is when you the players accidentally kill the other players. Oh, yeah. I have seen it, and that is hilarious. <laughs> How do you accidentally kill another player? <laughs> okay, so I'll give you the example that was my most recent. Um, my players were in a combat, and one of the magic users had picked up a wand and had no idea what it did. What it did when she used it, created a spell called fireball. Fireball sounds exactly like it, like it does. It is a, it's, it's basically a massive explosion of fire. Um, and she shot it right in the middle of everybody and absolutely destroyed and killed the healer. of the party. Oh man. And, I sat back and started gut laughing because it was the funniest fucking thing that had happened. And, <laughs> and uh, so, yes, um, when you've got five people at a table looking at you because you're laughing like an idiot and you say, or I'm sorry, and they say, what, why? And you know, my, uh, it was a sorcerer. Uh, her name is Joy, um, not her real name, but that's her character's name. And she says, uh, why? What does that wand do? Uh, well, Joy, you've just cast Fireball into your own party and some of the bad guys. I hope you enjoy the consequences of your actions. And then you start laughing once uh, you nearly killed, you know, the guys that are supposed to take the damage. You kill the, the, the healer of the group. Um, and you miss two of the bad guys that were, you know, your targets in the first place. It's it's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Yes, it is absolutely possible to have players kill players. Well, my favorite is when players kill themselves through stupidity. Oh, gee, Colin. Colin, what was that movie? Yeah. <laughs> I, oh. I think it might be called The Gamers. Come on, Colin. I think it might be called The Gamers by Dead Man Productions. Um, okay. It was so old, but I, just, I, I it can't was remember. So funny! It was like some scene, like what, like the guy like rolled the dice, accidentally killed himself, and like he wanted to roll a gun to like revive himself, but he said you just killed yourself again. <laughs> the archer <laughs> shoots and dies, and he's like, "No, that's bullshit. I'm re-rolling." So he re-rolls and dies. He's like, "No, this is crap. I'm re-rolling," and just keeps dying. It was hilarious. <laughs> 
I wish yes, I, could find I think it's movie. the movie called The Gamers. Well, how long ago did we watch that? It was like 12, 13 years ago, wasn't it? I th- well, I think it came out in 2002, if this is the movie I'm thinking of. I have it on my computer right now, and after this, I plan on taking a look at it, seeing if that's what it was. Yeah, it's probably porn. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, definitely, uh, once you get the name of the actual movie, not your uh, spank bank, uh, <laughs> you just go right ahead and send that to me in a message, because that sounds like a good movie. Yeah, it does. It, it was completely awesome. Like, I, don't think, I don't think it was Dungeons & Dragons, but it was something similar no. to it. And it like, doesn't have to be. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, like it started out like where they they all got together, they started the game, and then it just it's a movie of the entire like game, like them wandering around doing the quests, and it, it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, two thousand two sounds like what it would be. Yeah, it was. I know, I know, it was after two thousand. I remember that because I think we were what well, two thousand two. We were what twelve. Yeah, we uh, so, we were in. So I'm thinking this is it. Yeah, I think it was like eighth grade because your because your brother had it because he's one ahead and he ju- like, was just in high school at that point. Yeah, so yeah, that might be that. Find that because if it is, we're all gonna enjoy watching it one day. <laughs> um, okay, so you mentioned uh, people dying in the games. Now, is reviving an option, or if, if you die, you have to create a whole new character all over again, or how does that work? Depends it, on the it game really system. Really and truthfully, yeah, that's what I was about to say. It really depends on the game system. You know, um, you get a more modern setting, dead is dead. You know, I can't bring back Travis, you know. Aww. But in some settings, you know, you have your gods and your deities, and they most absolutely <laughs> can. All right, well, here's a scenario. Let's say uh, let's say uh, Joe had a character, and Joe's character died. And then all of a sudden, Joe has to create a new character, does all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And now he's built this character, and now they're moving on. Now, is there a certain point where somebody could say, hey, Joe, if you want to bring back your old character, you absolutely can. And he could bring that back and then control two different characters within the quest, even though this one has been dead and gone for a little bit? Yeah, depending on the game, absolutely. So, like, so like anything's, like, all possible. Like, I mean, I guess that's what we've been talking about the whole time, but, I mean, anything's, like, really possible. Like, if yeah. you're playing the game for, like, the five-and-a-half-year-long game you're playing, if I had a character that died, like, three years ago, and I was like, is there any possible way I could bring so-and-so back? And there, there should, could be a possibility, whether it be he just forms out of nowhere, he takes over the new character in some kind of weird, like, possession way, or something like that. Yeah, that that absolutely could be a I, scenario that I really want to play these games. <laughs> now, now I want to I want to throw a, a tad bit of a correction at Brett. Um, yep. Not all modern games, uh, death is death um, in the game. Uh, no, Chaos, I was actually using Stellar Chaos to yeah, a greater lesser extent. Well, Stellar Chaos, uh, actually, um, I did a lot of uh, research and interviewing a number of EMTs. Um, about the processes they use for dealing with trauma patients and things of that nature. Um, so I got a fairly good uh, insight into, you know, okay, so you have a character who's taken essentially lethal levels of damage, you know, getting shot or whatever. Um, what can you do? Is that person just, you know, gone for good and you know no there's there's now rules in there that you know it time is your enemy at that point you need to be able to get proper amount of emergency care to that character to stabilize them and then uh potentially get them to recover um so in the game you know hitting losing all of your hit points 
is more or less death unless you have somebody with medical capability who can get to the character and um, provide that that level of trauma care uh, to help the character survive. So, you know, it, it's similar, you know, games like D&D and things like that that are fantasy settings are, are similar too. You know, they, they've got their, their ways of, you know, oh, you've got to have a cleric there who can cast, you know, healing spells and heal damage uh, that you take so that you don't die or something like that. Um, you know, but, yeah, but uh, there are some games out there, though, that are absolutely hardcore. You know, your character hits zero hit points, he's dead, he's gone, you can't bring him back, he's gone, it, it, that's it. You know, there, there is no such thing as bringing them back. So... You know, it, it it a lot of it depends on the GM. A lot of it depends on uh, the game system. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it's wise to have a healer in your group. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So like if like if somebody oh, yeah. if if somebody or like the group all decides like I don't want to be a healer. Well, I don't want to be a healer. Like nobody wants to be healers. Like you know, some kind of anti Oprah gift giving. Um, can you? <laughs> Do you uh are you pretty much screwed then if you get hurt? No, no. Uh, I mean there there are you know I mean healers just sound like I mean like in my opinion it just sounds kind of lame like you know it's like cuz like what like a healer like kind of wants to stay back make sure everyone's okay and then like like oh I got stabbed heal and stuff like that. Not but necessarily. Actually, I mean hurt. in like for example in well, I, mean, no, I mean no offense to, I mean if you're a healer I apologize. I, I always <laughs> play the cleric. I'm just I'm just I'm just trying to I'm trying to grasp the concept like if I'm trying to think of like what the game would look like in my mind, I would assume like a healer would be like a general in a revolutionary war where they stand back on top of the hill and watching everything going on. And if somebody drops like in the battlefield then, you know, you're able to heal them from your point. Like, you don't want to be down there in the middle of it, because if you die, everyone dies. Well, that, that's, that's the way I'm looking at it, and that's, that's why I was kind of like, that's the way I think it as, like, maybe, like, somebody would want to do more of the attack phasing than the healing phasing. I don't want to sound like I know what I'm doing. It's just what I'm thinking what would it be like. Right. Well, let me throw the basic D&D example at you, and that's the cleric. Mm-hmm. Um, a cleric is a character who is allowed to wear heavy armor, they can use blunt weapons like maces and hammers and things of that nature, they can carry shields um, but they are also very um, uh, devout in their faiths, which is where they derive their ability to use divine power and uh, magic in order to heal and sometimes resurrect other characters um, so this is a guy who uh, or a character who is on the front lines fighting evil, fighting or fight if they're an evil cleric, fighting good um, and such in order to appease their god. And they are the one of the backbones of the the player group in that if other characters become injured, they're there. They can they can do heals either in the middle of combat or they can do, you know, massive healing after combat. Um, but they themselves are not a weak character that needs to stay in the back. Um, now certainly you wouldn't want, you know, your one and only cleric healer to be the, you know, tip of the spear as it were, Mm -hmm. uh, in combat, but you don't have to hide them in the back either. Um, 
in terms of stellar chaos, healing's a skill set. You can have multiple characters who have some level of healing. Uh, but if you don't, you can have equipment. You know, like, I'm not a doctor, but I know how to use a first aid kit for minor injuries. You know, so why can't a character have the same kind of knowledge set uh, and equipment? You know, so, I mean, if, if, you, if you were out with a friend hiking and they, and they broke their leg, you have a general understanding of the kinds of action you need to take in order to stabilize their leg and get them out of that environment to medical attention. You know, so it's, it's the same thing in the game. So you're, you're not screwed if you don't have a healer per se, but you're much better off when you do have one. Okay. Okay. Uh, with the games, uh, do you get a lot of people who like don't want to have so much as a, um, proper word for it uh like mythical or magical like like character like like how like do you ever get some have somebody who like i want to be more like hawkeye not captain america or more like xena not hercules like a humanized like they don't have any power but they're very skilled at what they do kind of person is that oh, more yeah. is that more common or less common than the people who like that- i want to be a wizard i want to be you know a super mega power kind of character or in, in a fantasy setting, that is actually the type of character that I prefer. Okay. Yeah, you'll find a lot of players have a a um, preference for the kind of character that they play. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's the kind of character, you know, what you just described is the kind of character my spouse likes to play. Um, you know, don't have to think about a lot of additional rules or whatnot, just put a sword or whatever weapon in their hand and, and let them go to town bashing the hell out of the enemy. Um, and that's it. Um, Jeff me likes to be a cleric. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to mix it up. You know, um, my favorite kind of fantasy character is a ranger. Um, uh, usually Elvin. Yeah. So very comfortable in the forest, very good with bows, you know, and, you know, annoy the hell out of you from high in the trees, you know, plinking at you from a distance. Um, but, you know, I'll turn around and, and mix it up uh, depending on the game system and whatnot, you know, just just so I don't burn out on the thing I like, you know. So, yeah. uh, but, you know, you'll, you'll find a lot of char- a lot of players have very specific types of characters they generally like to play most times. Um, and sometimes it's the real simple, you know, don't give me a lot of rules. Just, you know, let me hack and slash. Let me hit it um, and let it, let it yeah. die. Just let me hit the thing until it stops moving. Yep. And <laughs> yep. And, you know, sometimes it's, yeah. And sometimes it's, you know, I love playing mages and having a uh, list of spells that's 20 pages long. That's, you know, at my, that I can use in creative ways and whatnot. And they, they get into, you know, trying to, trying to come up with those out of the box, creative ways of, of using those rules to their advantage. Gotcha. gotcha. I got two more questions. and I think I'm good. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, uh, I have more for you though. What's that? I have a question for you though, Travis. Oh, right. can you want me to go first, or do you want to go? I mean, I don't want. 
Oh, uh, dude, I, I love going first. Don't get me started. I'll go first. Uh, no, that, that, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask, uh, like, if you really want to play uh, with our Flux system, me and Jason will be more than happy to accommodate that. If you really want to explore this, I mean, we will open you up to, uh, what did Reagan call it? Oh, a gateway drug. That's it. There you go. <laughs> Well, uh, well, like, uh, I'm going to tell you, like I tell myself before I go on any blind date, um, keep an open mind. <laughs> uh, I, I, I definitely, I definitely want, I'm definitely interested in trying this. I definitely want to give it a go. I just, I, I just, just keep an open mind that if, if I don't get it right away, if I fuck something up, which I know I will, uh, you just got to understand, uh, I'm from like a very country setting, so I'm very simple. Both in mind. Okay. okay. I'm going to tell you something I don't tell a lot of people. I am from a town that used to have a tractor pull in front of the bank once a year. When they put this <laughs> one stoplight in, they put it in the wrong spot. Okay. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I, I, I'm definitely interested in it. I mean, you got you guys have completely sold me on the uh, the games. Um, not only your game, but like just the, the whole game concept itself. Like, I'm definitely interested in doing more with this, learning more with it, and being more part of it. Uh, like I said, it's just, it'll, it'll just have to be. It'll be a huge learning experience for me because I have never done this. I am like a virgin when it comes to this. No, it's all good. I mean, I, I'm the kind of I'm the kind of player that I'm more interested in you understanding what's happening and why, so that you can the the, the next time you encounter whatever that situation is, you can just roll right through it comfortably. See, and that'll be, that'll be perfect. Cause I would hate to have to, you know, go to, you know, somebody's house and see it and be like, Oh, let's no, let's go do something else. <laughs> or something like that. I, I, I don't want to feel that way. Like we used to have this, uh, this, um, this store or this shop in our, in our town. Uh, Colin, what was it called? Uh, for what? It was called. Damn, this is a hell of a good store. <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a game. <laughs> what was that game? Oh, uh, Dragon's Refuge. Dragon's Refuge, and like there'll be people playing there like every night during the week and everything. Mm-hmm. But like I never brought myself to go in there because, and it was crazy because like my buddy actually worked in there. He actually worked behind the counter and everything. And um, I mean, like we never talked about those kind of games. I mean, every time I talked to him, we always talked about professional wrestling and everything. So mm-hmm. like. Whenever I saw him, I'd go and talk to him about professional wrestling. He worked at the gas station. He left the gas station and started working there. But, like, I went in there. Like, I want to go in there. I want to talk to him. But if I try to talk to him about professional wrestling, he's probably so focused on what he's doing there. It'd probably just completely throw him off. So I never went in there because, like, I didn't want to, like, walk in, like, you know, like, wearing cowboy boots, you know, a cutoff, you know, T-shirt, a baseball cap, and, like, these people looking at me in cloaks, staring at me. <laughs> I don't think very many people dressed up I swear to God, every time I walk by, there's at least four people wearing cloaks. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying that I would be the outsider walking. Hey, dude, don't make fun of my freaking cloak fetish. I'm not, I'm not making fun of any cloaks. I mean, like, like, I mean, and I'm, I'm happy that at least when they wore the cloaks, they left the hoods down. Like, like if I if I saw one guy with the hood up, I'd fucking lose it. I swear to God, I would. But like, I mean, I got nothing against cloaks. You know, I used to play Magic: The Gathering there. <laughs> yeah, see, it's like, like Colin. Colin would be welcomed in there because Colin like, learned so much about Colin tonight. <laughs> Colin, Colin understands. That. I mean, like Colin, you played that stuff. I'm with Andre and Armand. Yeah, I never played that stuff. So I would walk in like cowboy boots, and they'd be like, 
Were you strange one? I, I uh, think you would be fine. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. But like that's, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like I always, I always uh, psych myself out when it came to that stuff. Like I never wanted to like, you know, jump into it and and do it because I I I hate being judged and that would just be another thing I'd be judged by. But I'm going to I'm going to put that all behind me and I'm going to jump you know you know head first into this and. Like I don't know. Like maybe one day I'll be a master of something. Like you know, like a like a Pokemon master, but not Pokemon. You know? <laughs> well, you know, just keep in mind that, that you know people playing the games like that mm-hmm. probably have been uh, have encountered their own brand of being judged for playing those games or dressing a certain way when they play those games. Yeah. So you know, chances are they're not going to feel. Um, judgmental if you were to walk in on a game and you know, go dressed comfortably or whatnot. So, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah, yeah. We, you guys help me. It's like my therapy, and I appreciate this. You know, I thought, I thought that, like, you know, I was helping you guys by having you on the show, but really, you helped me. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I'm excited. Now we're definitely going to talk more about this because I oh, definitely okay. want to get more involved in this. Um, but my, my other two questions I had, uh, the first one is, uh, it's not so much about the game, but so much about the people that play it. Uh-huh. Uh, have you ever came across a situation where this game, um, got to a point where it ruined a friendship or got to a point where like, you no longer speak to a person because they took what happened in the game so personally that they just took it, you know, they, they made it too personal and just decided to never speak to one another again or something like that. Like not so much you guys, but seen it happen. Not, I've, not, I've heard about it. I've I've, I've heard that. about it. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it with with our particular game, but um, I actually have been part of gaming groups where um, group politics drove wedges between friendships. Uh, it wasn't so much what happened in a game, unless the things that happened in a game were because of things going on with group politics. You know, kind of that. You know. Uh, juvenile kind of well that's the way you're going to be in the group i'm just not going to cooperate with you in the game kind of thing mm-hmm. um i've seen that happen um and i have played with players who take games way too seriously and when i when i personally when i encounter that uh i try real hard not to get into any kind of group politic discussion with them or whatnot you know it's i i've learned through experience that that's a that's a no-win scenario so you know just just keep your head down and and don't engage basically um but other than that now i can't say that i've ever really lost any friendships over things that happened in a role-playing game personally okay well, that's good. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, it always just worries me. Like, if you like get too involved, like especially with like close friends, something like, in games like this, and like just a situation arises. Like, I know a lot of people. Like, you know, like when they get into like a hobby or you know, like you know, something that they're like you know they're really passionate about, they may take it too far and be like, you know, if you want to do the things I want to do, then you can fuck yourself and leave. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I've I've had friends, you know that we're like that for like, you know, pick up touch football games. Like, you know, like if they get tackled or you question them on like a touchdown or something like that, like you didn't cross the line, you know, they just blow up and just take the ball and fucking go home. Like literally yeah. take the ball. And it's not even their ball. 
They just take it and leave. And it's happened and stuff like that. It's, it just baffles me how, like, I mean, like, granted, like, you know, I, I respect people to have a passion for what they do and for taking it very seriously. But so I guess sometimes maybe some people take it a little too far. Well, I, I have been part of gaming groups that have been <clears throat> in very serious campaigns. Mm-hmm. And you and if those are long, long campaigns, like uh, we, we were in one that was two years long and it was the storyline was very dark, very serious. There wasn't a whole lot of humor injected into the game itself, uh, into the campaign, I should say. Um, and we had um, we got to a point where everybody got into arguments over stupid stuff. You know, why didn't somebody do X, Y, Z? Why did you do that kind of thing? And somebody basically got so frustrated they packed up their stuff and left for the night. And that kind of basically ended the game for the night. Um, but we learned at that point, you know, okay, when the when a campaign like that starts to become too serious and people start getting too wound up over things that happen in it, we switched game for games for about a month mm-hmm. and just picked up uh, you know, another there's a number of role playing games out there that are very light and fluffy and, and you know, very humorous and, and not a serious scenario at all. And we would do that for about a month just to break the tension. And then we'd come back to the campaign kind of refreshed and ready to go with it again. So, you know, it, it's a lot of it's it, a lot of it boils down to basically group dynamics. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Um, Last question, and this is just probably the biggest question uh, I had for the entire um, episode. Game number six. <laughs> Did I get it right? Um, I guess if I reworded the question, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, with with uh, with the end of our show coming close and everything, and again, I want to thank you guys for coming on because this has been so much fun. Uh, it's been great talking to you. Uh, but my question is, like, would you guys want to come back on our show uh, in the future to talk more about this and more about um, your game? Absolutely, yeah. Would love yeah. To. yeah. Actually, what I would like, and, uh, you know, I'll have to, of course, I'm sure Jason won't have a problem, but I would like for us to possibly come on maybe a week after the first time you've played with our flux system and, you know, with us. And that way you can, you know, have a lot more input as to how you felt playing your first role-playing game with us. Absolutely. I would love that. Go. I love that. See, I'm, I'm always nervous about asking that question. And, like, and like, like, half the time I hear it, like, either you could tell someone's sincere about definitely wanting to come back on, or they just lie to make you feel better. Like, absolutely, I'd love to come back on. And then, like, I mean, like, because, like, it, it's like so no ragged. It's like asking for a second date, you know. Well, I, I you know I, I don't kiss on the first date, but I will on the second, bro. Oh no, I, I force myself on people. I mean, it's just what I do. <laughs> as, as you can tell, I give. No, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you guys were able to come on and everything. Um, uh, but before you take off, do you kind of want to just like you know tell everyone again, uh, you know, where they can find you, uh, social media wise, um, and all that. Sure. Um, sure. You can find us at infinitemonkeysgames.com uh, is our website. And uh, we also have a Facebook page 
uh, which is um, Facebook slash Infinite Monkeys Games. <laughs> Sorry about the 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 her the stampede in the background. My dog is was, was that the monkeys? Hour. Those... No, that's 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 my bully pit. He's hit his witching hour. Did that sound like a herd of infinite monkeys? Yeah, <laughs> he's got a herd of infinite monkeys, and I have a herd of hound dogs. Yeah, so you might yeah. have heard them too. Uh, and uh, I, I got a dog who does nothing but sleep, so we're cool. Oh god. <laughs> and uh, Twitter, we're on imgames.com or imgames on Twitter. Excuse me. I'm gonna follow you right now. Awesome. Yeah. We we appreciate the follow, but I, I mean, I will be honest. Uh, we do have a lot more Facebook activity than we do with Twitter, and we're working on that. But that is just well, me being completely honest. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that everything we post on Facebook automatically populates to Twitter, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I know. But we have, <laughs> admit it, we have way more Facebook interaction. This is true. This is true. Yeah. I try, I try, to, I try to blend myself between Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I think I actually see myself a lot more like... I, I promote the show more on Twitter to where I just post random shit on Facebook. Mm. So, <laughs> it's just you get you get so much more characters on Facebook and like, you use so much more of that. Like when I yeah. go to Twitter, it's like, hey, new show up, check it out. And then I'll, like, I'll attach somebody onto it. But on Facebook, it's like, watch this fucking old man beat the shit out of this puppy or some shit. You know? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Who are you yeah. following? I don't want even want to know. <laughs> Nobody really wants to know. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, guys, thank you so much again for coming on. I had a blast, and I'm so glad that I, I was able to learn so much just from this one episode, which uh, which motivates me to definitely learn more and you know definitely pushes myself to uh, get more involved in this. So I definitely want to uh, play. I definitely want to get involved in the game. Excellent. Well, appreciate you uh, allowing us on and having this opportunity to talk about it. Absolutely, and I and I'm serious about you guys coming back on. I mean, like, like even like to talk about the game, just talk about anything else. I mean, just to chit chat. I'm lonely. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Dog, long walks on the beach. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I'll 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 never keep you longer than you want to stay, but at the same time, I'll never want to see you leave. like you know, you want to put together yeah. another you know puzzle or some shit like that. You know, it's just awkward second dates. Anyways, but yeah, seriously, I definitely want you guys to come back on, uh, whether we're talking about the game or just anything in general, just to have that you know socialization. Because literally, I just have a fucking dog. Um, <laughs> he don't talk back. Right. <laughs> he's a very quiet dog. He's a very quiet dog. He doesn't bark. The only time he ever barks is when he's locked up, and who wouldn't? You know. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, we would love to come back on. Uh, maybe, um, like I said, you know, maybe we'll get you to try the game, and uh, we have a Kickstarter coming up, so maybe uh, we'll come on and do that whole pitch thing. Hell yeah! yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know what? You know what's awesome is uh, we got we got this website thing that uh, we I guess we rarely ever use when you think about it uh, because we don't really have a lot. Of <laughs> Sucks. But we have a website, and uh, if you. Um, when you get the Kickstarter up and running, and you let us know, then uh, we will uh, we'll put your a link to your Kickstarter on our website. So when oh, people do go to it and do use it, they can find it right there. Thanks, appreciate, appreciate that. that. Absolutely, awesome. yeah. I mean, and that's one of the things like I love to do with the show. Like you know, when we get like these um, these um, 
creators of like comic books, board games, uh, web series. And I said, when they come on, we want to do what we can to help them get uh, their name out there. I mean, and what we try to do is we try to uh, put links and everything to who they are from our web page. Uh, when you go to thisfreakingshow.com and go to uh, the um, the guest that we have, every mm-hmm. every guest that we have is on that page, and every name is linked to either their Twitter, their uh, their Kickstarter, um, their f- Facebook, what, whatever that they feel that they want to promote, this linked right there. So, and that's what we try to encourage, try to encourage, you know, if you guys want us to uh, help you, we're willing to do that. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, and it's no, and, yeah. And, and it's not like, you know, what's the word? I, I hate fucking language. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like we, we just, we just want to help you guys as much as possible because this is an awesome thing uh, you're creating and I'm like really excited about it. So definitely want to help out. Fantastic. Well, thanks, man. Absolutely, I'm I'm here because I care. Travis loves. <laughs> Travis loves. Um, okay, I'm done being weird. <laughs> okay, <That's awesome. laughs> I'm not. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Well, you guys have a wonderful night. Thank you so much for being on, and uh, we'll definitely stay in touch. You bet. Take care. Right. See you guys. Have a good night. Yep. Okay, so that was our uh, two speakers. Monkey in. Yeah. <laughs> Stellar chaos. So Another much. thing. I learned so much. I'm so excited. I and actually, the thing I'm most excited about is how excited you are, Travis, uh, <laughs> for getting role-playing games. I like, like honestly, and that was a, and that was a true story, Joe, about uh, being at Kevin's house. It was. I, I remember that. I didn't know. Like, I see it now in my mind, going back in time and thinking about it. Yeah. Well, it's just like I mean, like, and I mean, it's just one of the things you gotta understand. It's like, it's like, I I knew I knew Carl, you, Houston, and Michael. And that was it. Well, your mom. I think your mom and. I'm sorry, not your mom. Uh, your grandma and grandpa, Grandma D and Grandpa Snow. Mm-hmm. I think I might have met them before that. But I mean, like, other than the wedding, actually, no, this was before the wedding. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I mean, like, I, I didn't know your family whatsoever. And I think the biggest thing, and I, I don't think Kirk may uh, meant to do this, or was it, it was your Kirk? It was Paul. Probably one Paul. of them. Well, I mean, because it makes complete sense. But one of them, even though I think they didn't do it intentionally, I was like, you know, you realize that uh, first impressions are everything, and you got to impress everyone now, right? I think that kind of freaked me out. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, oh, like, but, like, it's just, like, one of the things, like, I mean, because I didn't know what kind of people you guys were. You know, it's like, so, like, when I when I walk into that, uh, when I walked into that room and saw that board, like, I was interested, but... I didn't want to. I didn't want to be, you know, looked at like an idiot or anything like that. So I never like really said anything. But I'm interested in this shit, and I definitely want to get more involved in it. And I hope, I hope I, I do. I'm very. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's not you guys. It was me. It was me being self conscious about myself. I should have been more outgoing. I should have been more vocal and be like, "Hey, I want to play with the fucking trees," you know? Yeah. <laughs> but no, that, not, that we'll a- may have to take a trip down the Dragon's Refuge. Yeah, we'll stop down there. You know, we'll get, we'll uh, we'll wet we'll wet my beak on uh, something. You know, get get some learning. That way, when I do hear from um from uh, Brett and 
Jason. I was about to say Justin. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I was saying cousin Justin. Uh, Brett and Jason, um, when when we do contact me, get involved in this game, at least I'll have some kind of knowledge to kind of start up. So that'll be really exciting. And hey, speaking of knowledge, uh, we are uh, ready for Colin to fill our heads with knowledge. Hey, 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 everyone. This is This freaking State of Mind, where, you know, we do the usual. Go through the states, tell you interesting facts. Some which may be true, some which may be made up. Because all this information comes straight from the internet. <laughs> so, And anybody can place anything there. So let's hop right down to it. This week's, we have Connecticut. Uh, actually, we have our, uh, one of our hosts is actually currently living there. It's true. Yes. Northwest part uh, of the state. Joe. Joe is living there. So Maybe he knows some of these and uh, can elaborate more on them. Oh, I doubt it. Because <laughs> he's been there for so long. Right. Oh, four months. Um, yeah. The first telephone book ever issued contained only 50 names. The New Haven District Telephone Company published it in New Haven in February of 1878. Huh. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one for you uh, Navy geeks. Uh, the USS Nautilus the world's first nuclear-powered submarine was built in Groton in 1954. Huh. Groton is there is actually a submarine base there, so I could have gotten stationed there actually while I was there. Really? <laughs> I chose against it. Yeah, it was a good choice. <laughs> uh, Connecticut and Rhode Island have never ratified the 18th Amendment. Of prohibition. Good for them. Yeah. So does that mean they not, never, like, I don't g- g- exactly know what a ratified meant. Sorry. Uh, so for stupid. an amendment to be added to the Constitution, a certain number of states have to uh, agree to the amendment. Oh. And so it's saying, this fact is saying that Connecticut and Rhode Island did not agree with it. Oh, so they, so they were against prohibition. Yep. Okay, cool, cool. Thank you for uh, expanding my knowledge, Joe. No problem. Um, on January 28, 1878, 21 venturous citizens of New Haven became the world's first subscribers to telephone exchange service. Huh. And if I think that right, that's where they have like an operator behind the board, correct? Uh, I think so. I think so, too, where they actually plug and put the wires to each other so you can call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cattle branding in the U.S. Uh, began in Connecticut when farmers were required by law to mark all of their pigs. Huh. Um, then we have in Hartford, Connecticut... You may not, under any circumstance, cross the street walking on your hands. I guess that sucks for those circus folk. Yeah, or like (laughs) the Bulba. Connecticut is home to the 
oldest U.S. newspaper still being published, the Hartford Courant, which was established in 1764. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> That's some, uh, time there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Amazing. We have Connecticut is home to the first hamburger in 1895. Polaroid camera... 1934, helicopter in 1935, nine, and color television in 1948. Hmm. <laughs> See, that's one of those facts that I say might want to double check in your own time, but because a hamburger, really, you're probably going to have yeah. a lot of people claim that one. <laughs> so that's fair. But uh, especially if it's in the 1800s. <laughs> yeah, it was though. Um, it was a. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was Connecticut. I mean, the internet says so just now. But uh, yeah, it was a guy. He was in a hurry, and uh, he didn't want to wait around for a proper meatball to be made. And so uh, the guy just took the the restaurateur took and and squished one of his meatballs down and grilled it. And then just toasted some bread and gave it to the guy. Really? Yeah. Oh. The more you know. Because <laughs> yep. knowledge is power. I credit, G. I credit that knowledge to Uncle John's Bathroom Reader. <laughs> the best fact uh, book, trivia book I've ever read. <laughs> Series of nice. books. Um, apparently the first automobile law was passed in Connecticut in 1901 which set the speed limit at 12 miles per hour. Most Connecticut thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> what? You say a bolt runs faster than it, doesn't he? <laughs> yep. Almost twice as fast, I think. <laughs> That's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, the first lollipop-making machine opened for business in New Haven in 1908. George Smith named the treat after a popular racehorse. Hmm. Um, in 1937, Connecticut became the first state to issue permanent license plates for cars. That's cool. Yes. Uh, Danbury, an important military depot for the American Revolutionary American Revolutionary War, I'd imagine. Uh, mm-hmm. Armies uh, were oh for the American Revolutionary Armies was burned and looted in April 1777 by the British under Major General William Tryon. Huh. Tryon, yeah. Interesting. Uh, the first blast furnace in Connecticut was built in Lakeville in 1762. Hmm. Uh, here's back, we go back to Groton. The Submarine Force Museum in Groton is home of historic ship the Nautilus, SSN 571, and is a official submarine museum of the U.S. Navy. So it's not like a third-party one. It's officially a Navy one. 
which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, a new Milford's worst disaster struck in 1902 when the main business section centered on Bank Street was almost completely leveled by the Great Fire. And this is really? not the Great Fire of Chicago. In New Milford? Yeah. That's right by me. Is it? Mm-hmm. It was Joe that started it. Yep, in 1902. Yep. Joe didn't start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was always burning since New Milford was turning. <laughs> In 1728, the first steel mill operating in America was located in Simsbury. Simsbury. So, Joe, <clears throat> you know where that is? No, I don't, but it's a funny name. Uh, Whalingford has earned a worldwide reputation for the production of silverware. Huh. Nice. I wonder if it's actual silverware or just plated silverware. Me too. Um, West Hartford is the birthplace of Noah Webster. And does anybody know what he did? Uh, dictionary. dictionary. Yep, the author of the first dictionary, which was published in 1807. Oh, shit. Um... Then you have Pez, <laughs> the candy, is made in the city of Orange. So Fascinating. And last but not least, Hartford has remained the capital city of Connecticut since 1875. Huh. Now see, to me, I didn't know that capitals move mm-hmm. around. So, but, yes, and there you have some interesting facts about the good state of Connecticut, the living place of our good friend Joe. Mm-hmm. So, thank you okay. all for joining me on another uh, week's episode of This Freaking State of Mind. Oh no, Con. Thank you, because you're the first person in almost like 50 years that made Connecticut interesting again. <laughs> you're not Thanks. Wrong. You made it work, Con. I know you were all worried about going into it like didn't nothing in Connecticut, but you made it work. I mean, looking up this stuff, you're grasping at straws for Connecticut. <laughs> It's like when you come to like California, like Nevada or like Florida and Texas. It's like you get like like websites upon websites upon websites of information. When you get to Connecticut, you get like half a PDF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> oh. Hey Joe. Yes. What you freaking on this week? Oh, let's see. This week. Yeah, this week. I am freaking on the uh, game Assassin's Creed 2. Yeah. Why is that? Because yeah. uh, uh, my wife bought it for me ages and ages ago, and I finally have time to play it. Oh, it's and, so much uh, fun. Oh, it's awesome. It's an awesome game. And my favorite thing about it is I actually got to live in Florence for six weeks back in college. Yeah? And... um. 
so it's really, really, really cool to go like visit all of my favorite places again. Nice. Um, but obviously, like, I don't know, 300, 400, 600 years later. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still pretty fun. I really enjoy it a lot. Oh, that's a great game. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge oh. fan of the Assassin's Creed. Actually, speaking of the Assassin's Creed, sorry for cutting you off, Jeff. Oh, by all means. They're uh, about to release the movie. Yeah, that actually looks pretty good, too. Uh, starring Michael Facebetter. Uh, I'm yeah. excited. I plan on going and seeing that. <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. so. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what are you freaking on this week? Which one of us? You, Colin. Me? <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I don't know. There's so much to freak on. I know, right? Get your freak on. Uh, I got to say probably that I will be soon going to go see uh, Impractical Jokers. Um, nice. Not on TV like I'm used to, <laughs> but actually – at the Chicago Theater. So That's fantastic. Yeah, I've never been there. Um I know I'm up gonna be up in a balcony seat, so I don't know how that's gonna be uh seating wise. But I hope it's good. It's gotta be I'm better sure. than Lincoln's visit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all I gotta say is that it better be worth the money. It depends on how mind blowing the uh, performance is. Exactly. So it was a great Lincoln assassination joke. <laughs> what an asshole. I <laughs> uh, P Lincoln. Uh, Travis, what are you freaking on this week? Um I am going to take this well this weekend this coming Saturday I have a Christmas party I have going on. So that's gonna be fun and exciting. And I think Friday night I may try to do something that I tried doing eight years ago and failed. On, and I think I'm going to try making alcoholic eggnog again. Oh, nice. <sighs> yeah, last time I made it, I think we overdid it on the bourbon. Hi. Uh, we overdid it on something. We overdid it on, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, it didn't even taste like eggnog. It tasted like, I, I can't remember because I know, like, I mean, like, because when me, when me and Colin made it, uh, I think we were like 18, 19 years old, 19, 20 or something like that. I know we weren't 21 mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously my mom picked up uh, the alcohol for us. Uh, those of the police officers who are huge fans of us listening to this show, let it go. Um, uh, I know she got us, she got us bourbon, she got us bourbon whiskey and I think, uh, I think vodka. Oh boy! I can't remember what the fuck I I know because I tried to follow some fucking recipe, and apparently the recipe I found was like some fucking alcoholic, because I know I know I followed the instructions perfectly, and this shit came out rough. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna try it again this year. See how it goes. Uh, hopefully it turns out a lot better. And I think just for the hell of it, I may make apple pie shots again too. I mean those are easy to make, nice. so I may do that too. Um, yeah, I'm actually kind of disappointed because. Um, I'm not disappointed. But it sucks. Uh, um, 
uh, Snedden family Christmas party is the same night, and I didn't realize that when I set mm-hmm. this up. So I'm not going to make it out there this year, which is unfortunate. Me either. So. Yeah. Know. Well, you're. You mean you got a decent excuse? Know. You're, you know, you're nine, ten hours away. You know, so. I'm. I'm just having a party for a bunch of drunken idiots who need a place to party. Well, I tell you, uh, have you heard GCR's recipe for the perfect eggnog? I did not. Is it simple uh, and easy? It's very simple and it's easy. It's like a family secret thing that we're going to share with the world now? Yep. Perfect. <laughs> so uh, you go to the store and you buy your favorite eggnog. Uh, and then you go and get your favorite bourbon. I prefer Buffalo Trace. Okay. Uh, and then you uh, open the eggnog and pour it right down the drain and just drink bourbon. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, I like GCR. I miss GCR. I need to get GCR on this show again. Oh, that's good. Or, or what we do is we do what we say we're going to do and get Travesty back on Geekcast Live. Because that was promised to me at the beginning of season three, and how far are you into the season now, Joe? Oh, uh, near the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That is right. You son of the bitches. Nah, that's cool. <laughs> now we yeah, definitely got we definitely got to plan something. We need we need we need to get the group all together. So we got to plan that yeah. shit for the future. Um, yeah, our hundred and fiftieth is coming up soon. Nice. I think uh, last time I was on, I was on your hundredth. Mm-hmm. And I was told, oh, we're going to have you back on soon. So at least I know I right. know how many weeks it's been. Soon? What? I said, did we actually say soon? I oh, bet we yeah. did. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're jerks. You are jerks. I'll bring it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mention it. Just just happen to drop it. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you guys know I'm here. <laughs> nah, that's cool. That's cool. I got to get a hold it's of it. It's a shame. It's a shame, like, we can't coordinate it to where... Uh, we could all do our Malort. Uh, you GC- drank the rest of that. Yeah, well, GCR sells me three shots of it. That's what I mean. I gotta GCR and I gotta do Malort for you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could do something like someday in the future. You know, obviously not anytime soon, but sometime in the future, like get like a like a podcasting party together or some shit. Yeah, I'd be down with that. We should, we should plan something like that. Um, but yeah, but speaking of movies, since you did bring up Assassin's Creed, uh, did you guys happen to catch the? Uh, the new, the new t- uh, trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy, like not the original yeah. one that came out, but like the newer one. No. Yes. Oh my god, so funny. I'm so excited. I love it because it's, because it shows more of like Baby Groot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit, it's like like okay, here's a bomb. Do not press this button because it'll kill everyone. He's like, I am Groot. It's like, no, you do not touch the button. <laughs> it's so funny, Connie. You gotta check out. The, it's the new one. I mean, I know you showed me the one, but this is a completely new yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I know there was a new one that came out. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. You got you gotta check it out. It's hilarious. Those of you listening, yeah. check it out. It's, it's about hilarious. Two minutes forty seconds, I think, if you're on YouTube looking at them and trying to compare. Yeah. So I love Drax at the end of it. I love. Ah, she told your deepest darkest secret. You must be so embarrassed <laughs> to me. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, hey, Joe. Yes. Every week, our listeners can catch Geek Cash Joe here on this freaking show. But if they need more Geek Cash Joe, where can they go? 
If you need more GeekCast, Joe, you can go over to the GeekCast Live podcast at gcl.ninja. Or you can find us on Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter, and YouTube by searching GeekCast Live. Nice. I like how, like, you're finally, like, like making it to, like, where, like, you're narrowing it down more and more. Yeah, I got tired of saying the really long URL. I know. It was like, because, like, every time, like, I'm, like, I'm just sitting here, like, you know, just kind of, like, you know, living my life, and all of a sudden you're done. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like one day it's just going to be like, where else can they go? And you're like, you need more cash show, go to GCL.ninja. Right? Or just one day, like, where can they go? GCL.ninja. Oh, okay. Do it. <laughs> uh, I love that. You pay for this stupid, really short URL. Might as well use it. Yeah. I love that domain, though. GCL that right. I'm so excited that we got it. Yeah. Um, speaking of awesome domains, it's freaking show dot com. Um, you contact Shock, us. Through we that? got that too. I know, right? It surprised me that there wasn't a show called This Freaking Show. Right. Like, I mean, nothing. Nothing. I mean, so many people dropped the ball on that one. But we own it, which is cool. Um. Yeah, go to thisfreakingshow.com. You can contact us through there, uh, through um, the contact section, like any logical uh, website would have. Um, email us at thisfreakingshow.yahoo.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram just by searching This Freaking Show. And, of course, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, if you go to iTunes, you know, give us a five-star review, you know. Those really help us. They really help build us on iTunes. So definitely do that, and I'd love you forever. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Interact with us. If you go on Twitter and you want to talk to us, use the hashtag freaking sane. If you go on Facebook and want to contact us, fucking message me. Okay? Simple. There's so many ways to contact us. Start doing it. Um, as always, I am Travis Steve. I'm Awkward Colin. And I'm Geekcast Joe. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of this freaking show. I'm out.